الله ربي إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار وإنما توعدون لآت وما أنتم بمعجزين الله is whom we praise we praise him and we thank him and we seek refuge in him from the evil of our own souls and the evil of our actions. Whomsoever he guides, none can misguide him. And whomsoever he leaves astray, none can guide to the truth. And I bear witness that there is no one worthy of worship but Allah alone, and that Muhammad is his slave and messenger. O you who believe, be mindful of Allah as he should be minded, and do not die except as Muslims. O mankind, be mindful of your Lord who created you from one soul and from that soul its mate, and spread from those two many men and many women. And be mindful of those you ask your rights from, and be mindful of the wombs that bore you, for indeed Allah is ever watchful over you. O you who believe, be mindful of Allah and speak the truth. He will guide you to righteous deeds and forgive you of your sins. And whomsoever obeys Allah and His Messenger has achieved the greatest achievement. The best of speech is Allah's speech. And the best of guidance is Muhammad's guidance, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the worst of affairs are those newly introduced. And everything newly introduced in faith is an innovation. And every innovation goes astray. And everything which goes astray leads to the hellfire. And that which was promised will come to pass. And there is nothing that can be done to prevent it. The Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, <coughs> was a man amongst men. But he was not a man like any other man. Allah ordered him to say, I am but a man like yourselves. But he differentiated it when he said, Revelation has been given to me. But the Prophet went through the pains and the trials that we go through. And when he was in the end of his life, while he was given the choice by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to remain on earth or to have the highest companion, he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ar-Rafiq al-A'la, the highest companion. During the time that he was transitioning away from this life into the next, transitioning away from earth and to the company of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, 
As he was on his deathbed, he would many times wake up in a sweat. And he would wipe the sweat from his brow and he would remind his companions of the most important things for them to remember after he was gone. One of those was as-salah, as-salah. Remember your prayer, remember your prayer. Another time he woke up, and this hadith is narrated by al-Darimi in his Sunan, al-Tabarani in his Mu'jam, and others, that he وسلم, awoke at the time of Dhuhr. And he peered out of his door and he saw Abu Bakr anhu leading the Muslims in Salah. And he became very happy. Aisha radiallahu anha narrates this saying, he became so happy from what he saw and started to say that he hopes to see this become a reality for the Muslims. He then sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, إِذَا أُصِيبَ أَحَدُكُمْ When one of you is afflicted, إِذَا أُصِيبَ أَحَدُكُمْ بِمُصِيبَةٍ When one of you is afflicted by something, فَلْيَتَذَكَّرْ مُصِيبَتَهُ بِي that he should remember the affliction that he has with my death. فَلَيْسَ بَعْدَ الْمُصِيبَةَ بِي أَعْظَمَ مُصِيبَ أَعْظَمَ مِنْ مُصِيبَةً There is no greater affliction than the affliction that you will have by my loss. The Prophet ﷺ's death was the greatest affliction that this ummah had because, because of him, revelation reached us. Abu Bakr and Umar After the death of the Prophet they used to go and visit some of the people that the Prophet loved. Which is one of the sunnahs that we need to revive. Visiting those who our family members and friends loved during their lifetime. So they went to an elderly woman in Medina. And they said, how are you? We remembered how much the Prophet ﷺ loved you. We wanted to visit you for our love of him and his love of you. She began to cry. They said, why are you crying? The Prophet ﷺ is in a better place. She said, I'm not crying because of that. I'm crying because with his death, the door to revelation closed. Abu Bakr anhu, when he would visit people after they had a relative who had passed away, he would say, Laysa ma'al aza'i musiba. There is no affliction that comes with condolences. Only good comes with condolences. Walaysa min al jaza'i fa'ida. And there's no, there's no use in getting riled up about what happened. Walmautu ahwan ma qablahu. And death, whatever comes after it is easier and whatever comes before it is harder. So remember your loss of your Prophet Your afflictions, your personal troubles will seem light. After that, sallallahu alayhi wa a'zama ajrakum. May he send his blessings upon him and make your reward great for your, for your afflictions, for your losses. One of the realities of life, and we mention this now because we are in the month of Rabi' al-Awwal. This is the month 
in which some scholars have said the Prophet ﷺ, in fact, most of them, said that he was born in Rabi'a al-Awwal. Some said the 12th, some said the 14th, some said the 17th, or the 18th of the month. Some said he was born in Rabi'a al-Thani. Others said Jumad al-Ula. Others said other than that. Why is there a discrepancy? Because Quraysh would change the Hijri months at, the time of the, at that time. They would add months and subtract months to be able to manipulate the economy. But we know that the Prophet ﷺ died on the 12th of Rabi'a al-Awwal. And I want to rem remind you all of this because with all of the discussions about the birth of the Prophet ﷺ, it is extremely important that we not get into differences of opinion and conflicts and arguments. I want to challenge each and every one of you in this month. We're in the month of November and the month of Rabi'a al-Awwal. Pick up a book of seerah and, and read the life of your Prophet Cut off social media interactions, discussions, commentary. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about gatherings or no gatherings. Have you read in a complete book of the seerah? Ask yourself that. You don't have to go and read Sirat ibn Hisham. You don't have to go and read volumes. There's a beautiful book in the English language written by Yusuf Islam. One of the shortest books in the Sirah in the English language and one of the best. It's called Life of the Last Prophet. You can find a PDF for free online. One of the best books that you can read and read with your children. You can read When the Moon Split by Safiya Rahman Mubarakfuri. Small, concise. You can finish it within a week. Life of the Last Prophet, you can finish it within a day or two. My point being here is that let us remember the great blessing that we had with the guidance that the Prophet ﷺ came with after his birth and throughout his life. And let us remember that we were afflicted, no greater affliction by his loss. And let us live up to his example until we can meet him on the fount, on the hold, on the day of judgment, insha'Allah ta'ala. Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu, it said that to remember death, he would go to the graveyard outside of Kufa. And he radiallahu anhu once went there and dug a grave. And then he climbed down inside of that grave. And as he lay there, he said to himself, he recited the, the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Lord, take me back. Perhaps I can do good in the time that's left. He then got out of the grave and he said, Ya Abul Hassan, laqad raja'ta, famadha anta sana'a. Abul Hassan, speaking to himself, you've come back. Now what are you going to do? The inevitability that every single one of us must taste is death. Every soul shall taste death. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told the Prophet himself, You are dead, and they as well are dead. Meaning the Quraysh who challenge you as if they're going to live forever, all of creation will die. Everyone in creation will perish. Allah is the only one who remains. With knowledge of this inevitability, what are we doing to prepare ourselves for that meeting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Wherever you are, 
Death will find you, even if you were in lofty towers. Hide yourself in a castle, take yourself to the top of a building. Allah, it makes no difference to him. The angel of death will come to you. Allah says, say the death that you run away from, it will catch up to you. It is something that will visit you. So death is a reality. But death also is a communal event. It's something that we all feel. We have decreed death between you and we will not be preceded. Whenever we have a janazah in the community, do we have trouble getting people to attend? Getting people to line up? Getting people to go to the graveyard? Very rare. Do we have trouble for people lowering their voices in the masjid? Being courteous and kind? Very rare. Why? Because we all know that this is one thing that we share in with the person that was just deceased. I once prayed Jummah in a masjid here in Texas. I think the most silent after Jummah crowd was when we prayed Janazah over a six-month-old baby. Everyone had tears, no one said a word. It's something that we all feel, even if we're not related to that person, even if we don't know that person's name, we feel the reality that we too will once drink from that cup. We too will once taste death. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created death and life for a purpose. الذي خلق الموت والحياة ليبلوكم أيكم أحسن عملا سورة تبارك He said it is he who created death and created life to test you which of you will have the best actions. So therefore just as we live and we are tested we die and we are tested. But there are a few reasons why we're afraid of that test. There are a few reasons why we don't want to remember death. <clears throat> Many of them have to do with our lack of preparation. Many of them have to do with our fear that we're going to hurt someone. We don't want our families to grieve. We don't want them to cry. We don't want them to even have to think about it, and we certainly don't want to think about it as well. Another reason why we don't want to have this discussion is because it will cut short our ambitions. We think that we have a long life ahead of us. And in reality, it could be shorter than one of us. A man came to the Prophet ﷺ from out of the desert. Anas he narrates this in Sahih Muslim. He says, we used to love when the Bedouins would come from out of the desert because they would ask the questions that we were afraid to ask. And so a man walked up to the Prophet ﷺ and he said, Meta sa'a? When, is the, when is the hour? When is the day of judgment? The Prophet ﷺ looked around the room and he saw a young man. And he said, perhaps this young man won't reach old age until the hour has started for each and every one of you. Scholars explaining this said, means when your hour will start, that when every single one of us dies, that is the beginning of our day of judgment. That is the beginning of when we will start to be judged and take into account for our actions. 
So we don't want to make our families grieve. We don't want to think about our finite nature, our temporal lives. We would like to think that we have a long life, but in reality, we do not. We're afraid that we won't be able to care for our families, and so we put it off. We're also afraid of meeting Allah. Many of us, and in fact most of us, are afraid to meet Allah with the sins and the mistakes that we have committed. The Prophet ﷺ said that there was a man from amongst the people before you. When he died, he ordered his children to take his body and cremate it, and then spread the ashes over the mountains, the seas, and the plains. And they said, why would we do that? He said, لَإِنْ قَدِرَ اللَّهُ If Allah gets hold of me, He will punish me in a way that no one would punish me from amongst the entire universe. Do you see the problem here? Can you escape the power of Allah? Even with that mistake that he had in the belief in Allah's power, Allah brought all of those ashes together on the Day of Judgment. And he said, Why did you do this, my slave? The man said one word, Makhafatak, out of fear of you. So Allah forgave him and told him to enter Jannah. Our sins can be great, but if we prepare and we have the values that we should, everything can be forgiven. In the Hadith Qudsi, the Prophet said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, مَا تَرَدَّدْتُ فِي شَيْءٍ أَنَا فَاعِلُهُ تَرَدُّدِي عَنْ نَفْسِ مُؤْمِنٍ يَكْرَهُ الْمَوْتِ وَأَنَا أَكْرَهُ مُسَاءَتَهُ رَوَاهُ الْبُخَارِ Bukhari narrates the Prophet said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Hadith Qudsi I have never hesitated like I have hesitated from taking the soul of a believer. He dislikes death and I dislike to upset him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't want to upset you. Which is why he sent the Prophet with guidance. Which is why he told us how to prepare for our death. When we came here for salah, how did we prepare? We took a shower, we got clean, we maybe made wudu, we made ghusl, we put on our best clothes, we put on cologne, we made sure we had time to drive to the masjid. There were steps. All for what? Two rak'ahs behind the imam. Just as your death, there are many things that you need to do to prepare for death. There are many things that you have to do to be able to talk about that moment so that when it does come, you and your family can concentrate on what is important and that is your return to Allah. أَقُولُ مَا تَسْمَعُونَ وَأَسْتَغْفِرُ اللَّهَ لِوَالَكُمْ وَلِسَعَرَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ مُكُلِّدًا فَاسْتَغْفِرُوهُ إِنَّهُ هُوَ اللَّفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ Alhamdulillahi wahda, wa salatu wa salamu ala man la nabiya ba'da, wa ala alihi wa ashabihi, wa man attaba'ahum bi ihsanin ila yawmiddin. All praises due to Allah, may he send his peace and blessings upon his Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his family, his companions, and all those who follow them in righteousness until the day of judgment. In the Sahihain, it's collected 
that Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu was once walking with the Prophet والسلام, and they passed by a grave. And a woman was on the grave, tabki ala sabiyin laha, was crying because of the death of her child, sobbing over the grave. And so the Prophet وسلم, said to her, Isbiri wa ajruki Have patience and seek reward and, and have patience and take it to account, and your reward will be with Allah. Without even looking, without even noticing the voice, she said, Ilayka anni. She said, why don't you get out of here? Why don't you go away? Because you haven't been afflicted with what I've been afflicted with, and you don't know what I'm going through. She said this to who? The Prophet Abu Bakr wanted to say something, the Prophet said, leave her. Later on, she's walking down the street, the people said, do you know who you spoke to like that back there? She said, no, who? It was the Prophet She said, I went to the Prophet's door. I didn't find a guard on the door. I didn't find a doorman. I didn't find someone giving me. I knocked the door and I went in. I apologized to the Prophet I said, I didn't know who it was. I didn't recognize your voice. He smiled and he said, Patience, patience is at the first sign of calamity. Patience is at the first sign of trouble. How can we prepare ourselves for the affliction and the problems that come up with death? We have to have this conversation. It's not a comfortable one to have. It's not easy to explain to our children, whether our children are adults or minors. It's not easy to open up with when we're talking to our parents and we realize that they are elderly. It's not easy when we have a family member who is chronically ill. But it is a necessary conversation. We many times think but by not speaking about it that somehow the problem will go away. Will it go away? Kullu nafsin. Every soul shall taste death. In fact, Talking about it more normalizes it, makes it easier to be prepared to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is why the Prophet said, Akthiru min hadhim Remember much that which will cut off your pleasures. Remember much death. So, what can you do to be able to have this conversation? Number one, start early. If you have small children, buy them a pet. Inevitably, that pet will die, especially if it's something like a bird or something like that. Them simply experiencing something that they love and then having to bury in the backyard helps them understand that life is not forever, that death is an inevitability. For their young minds, it is something that helps them contextualize that. Also, if you're young, start thinking about it yourself. What will happen if I pass away? Who will pray over me? What masjid will my family congregate in? Who will come and wash my body? Then start to plant the seeds of speaking to your loved ones about that. If it's your children, if it's your parents, if it's your grandparents, you don't have to go up to them and say, what's going to happen when you die? Who wants to be approached like that? I remember if I talked to my grandmother like that, she would say, boy, get out of my face. Who you think you are? 
What you can do, though, is you can say, when life is short, who do you want to have around you? If we didn't have you here with us anymore, what would you want us to do for you? <coughs> do you want us to make dua? Do you want us to give sadaqah? How should we best live our lives to please you and leave a legacy that builds on what you gave us? So many of our parents, so many of our grandparents work so hard to be where we are today. We don't realize that. We have a problem in our community. Our young professionals, all the uncles and the aunties, I'll tell you this, no one is more generous, more active, and attends events more than the uncles and the aunties. I challenge the young generation to give as much as they give with as little as they have. We have to build on that legacy, not destroy it. We have to build on the foundations that they laid. We can do so by asking them, how can we best serve what you wanted us to serve for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And also, in those conversations that you have, have sympathy, be nice. If somebody doesn't want to talk about it at that moment, back away. Change the subject. Make it lighthearted. If you're able to have that conversation, do you know what one of the most effective things to do right afterwards is? Don't leave the conversation cold turkey. Thanks, nice conversation about death, appreciate it. That's not going to work. Make them tea, serve them, take them out for dinner, for dessert. Do something that lightens the mood those positive emotions will start to become connected to the fact that this is a necessary conversation. Also, ask questions that inject the ideas of love and hope into the conversation. This is an obligation that we have to fulfill. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Kutiba alaykum, prescribed for you. When death visits one of you. Prescribed for you, when death visits one of you. It, will, it is something that will come to you. If they leave any good, to write a will. For their parents and their relatives. Allah says, حَقًّا عَلَى الْمُتَّقِينَ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ حَقًّا عَلَى الْمُتَّقِينَ With what is good and customary, a duty for those mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Death is an inevitability, and it's something that we prepare for. How do we prepare for it? We prepare for it by remembering it much. We prepare for it by living the example of the Prophet We prepare for it by having the conversations necessary with our family. We prepare for it by writing a will that allows our family and the legacy we want for them to be protected after we're gone. Tomorrow, inshallah ta'ala, here at this masjid, 2 o'clock, 2.30, we will be having a How to Write Your Will seminar. I will be leading that seminar, inshallah ta'ala, and it is a free seminar. Everyone is welcome to come. We ask you to look at the flyers and to register. But that is one of the things that we do to prepare for death because if your money and your children are left up to some other person to make decisions for you, they're not going to do what you want. They're not going to facilitate what's best for you and for your family's faith. 
The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, مَا حَقُّ مْرِئٍ مُسْلِمٍ عِنْدَهُ مَا يُوصِبِهِ إِلَّا مَا حَقِّ مْرِئٍ مُسْلِمٍ عِنْدَهُ مَا يُوصِبِهِ إِلَّا وَوَصِيَةٌ يَبِيتَ لَيْلَتَيْنِ إِلَّا وَوَصِيَةُهُ مَكْتُوبَةٌ عِنْدَهُ It's not befitting that a believing Muslim has something they can leave to others, except that they, or that they sleep for two nights, except that their will is written and in their possession. But will, having a will is just one part of the conversation. If we can't get to the point where we realize the reality of death, when we realize that each and every one of us will drink from that cup, when we realize that each and every one of us inevitably will, be meet, will meet the Prophet ﷺ on the Day of Judgment and will be invited into his ummah or rejected for our having rejected his guidance. Ask yourself this, what have I done to prepare for that day that I die? What have I done to prepare for that day that I meet the Prophet? And what have I done to prepare when I then go and stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and am held accountable for my sins? اللهم اغفر لنا ذنوبنا وإسرافنا في أمرنا وثبت أقدامنا يا رب العالمين O Allah, forgive us of our sins and our transgressions and our affairs and make our feet firm, O Lord of the world. اللهم اجعلنا من من يحب لقاءك وتحب لقاءه اللهم اجعلنا من من يحب لقاءك وتحب لقاءه اللهم اجعلنا من من يحب لقاءك وتحب لقاءه يا رب يا رب العالمين O Allah, make us from amongst those that love to meet you and you love to meet us. O oh Allah, make us from amongst those that, you, that we love to meet you and you love to meet us. O oh Allah, make us from amongst those that, you love, that we love to meet you and you love to meet us. O oh Allah, make, make our deaths a door to the, to the best in the next life. O oh Allah, make our deaths a door to the, best, uh, to the best in the next life. Make it a conversation that we have with our families and our friends so that we can meet together in Jannah. O oh Allah, make it something that facilitates for us to meet with our families and friends in Jannah. O Allah, make it for us something facilitates a long legacy of righteousness and worship of you alone in this life, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Ibadullah, inna Allah ya'muru bil adli wal ihsani wa ita'i dhil qurba wa yanha anil fahshai wal munkari wal baghi ya'idhukum la'allakum tadhakkaroon. Udhkurullah al-aziz al-jaleel yadhkurkum wa sallu ala nabiyyikum yazidkum wa ladhikrullahi akbar wa Allahu ya'lamu ma tasna'oon wa aqimis salam.